0: Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast.
1: Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Fell, and today we have a phenomenal artist to showcase. But before we dive into the music, let me introduce you to a musician whose journey is marked by an unyielding passion for creating and performing. We're here to shine a spotlight on Nathaniel Rowland, better known as Nate Mykoff. Nate's story is a testament of the power of artistic expression and an unwavering love for music. With a natural and captivating voice, Nate's sound is a rich blend of styles and influences. Born into a musical family, he picked up the guitar and began crafting his unique sound. He's been on quite a musical journey from his early days with the band Captain Eye to his solo project Dog Show where he explored instrumental and conceptual territories. His cover bands featuring tributes to Radiohead and U2 earned him the title of the world's most ambitious cover band. After personal and professional setbacks, including the loss of a close friend and health challenges, Nate's creativity and resilience has shone through. He's been on a path of self-discovery and reinvention. Nate's instrumental album, Prairie Dogs Have Plague, and the powerful phoenix of tragedy showcases fearless approach to music earning comparisons to the likes of pink floyd and johnny cash today nate wyckoff is not only creating new material but also producing and recording other artists in his recording studio happily married and many of his songs are inspired by the love and experiences in his life i'm so thrilled to have nate wyckoff as our featured guest on this episode of wisconsin music podcast his remarkable journey as a musician and his enduring commitment to his craft are sure to inspire and captivate all music enthusiasts. Stay tuned and enjoy the Wisconsin Music Podcast as we dive into the world of Nate Wyckoff, his incredible music, and his unwavering dedication to the art form. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Nate Wyckoff. He's involved in multiple things in the music scene where he lives. He runs a studio. He is he's releasing albums. He's a working musician. And some other things he's been up to. So, Nate, welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast.
0: Hey, thanks, man. Good to be here.
1: Yeah, like we were talking um, before we started this, you've kind of been involved with the music, uh, the Wisconsin Music Podcast. By You actually wrote the the intro music that I've been using for the podcast since day one. So, thank you for that, first of all.
0: Yeah, that was really cool that I could uh, contribute that. Like, my music's kind of weird, so... It's nice that it fits in somewhere. Yeah,
1: definitely. I, I like your stuff. I was just listening to um, what was the name of the song? Everything is falling apart on yeah. your website earlier, and just yeah, I really enjoyed that that one. And, and we're gonna talk more about your music as well. But let's kind of get the audience to know you a little bit. How did you first get into music?
0: Um, well, when I was younger, I just I loved music. Like, yeah, I'd come home from like kindergarten class, and I'd put on on the Beatles. I'm down or um ticket to ride at the 45 okay so i'd listen to that and then my mom would sing around the house she'd always like dog and butterfly by heart i always remember her cleaning the house to that and my dad was a really killer guitar player um he passed in 90 but right before he died uh, like a month month or so he got me a guitar so and showed me a major that was the only thing he got to show me before he before he passed but uh after that, I just, it just took off. Like it just, everything clicked and I love guitar and music and.
1: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a unfortunate, but I mean, at least he left a, an impression on you to keep going and kind of like maybe honor his memory a little. Yeah. Continuing on with playing the guitar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a couple of his instruments and I, I love to play those and. rock out. And
1: Gotcha. <laughs> so you play out obviously you've been playing for a while out there um i
0: don't play out anymore actually
1: what, when did you stop playing out
0: uh in probably 2013. okay um i have muscular dystrophy so like carrying my okay. equipment setting it up just bending over to like adjust my pedals right. is too much i can't i can't stand back up okay um, so and then standing there for the three hours for the 50 dollars that you make and 60 dollars you're gonna drink in booze that night <laughs> you know it just it wasn't worth it i mean i loved it i you know i was in a u2 tribute band and a radiohead tribute band at the time and i just yeah it kind of killed me to give it up but um i kind of went more recording after that because that i can i can do on my own time 15 minutes here hour or two there and and um just adds up And then you end up with a hundred songs.
1: Right. Right. I hear you. I hear you. And it seems to be doing, I mean, at least the quality and the songwriting, everything seems to be paid, being paid off because like, I mean, for at least for, you know, as a listener, I I like I said earlier, I really enjoy listening to your stuff. Let's then, if you're not really playing out anymore, let's talk about the recording part of the music business. So you've been doing that for how long now?
0: Well, I opened the studio in 2017. Okay. Um, I had a little space in Baldwin, Wisconsin here, and um, eventually I was there for like a year and a half, and had a few artists, but um, the lease kind of fell through, and then I I moved home, and I've I've worked with a bunch of people since then, and they they like coming into my my living room and recording their music here, (laughs) and I'm out in the country, so they love that, and there's dogs and cats and kitties and chickens, and you know they love the like whole. Like hobby farm and country real relaxing atmosphere out here. Nice. And I like it too. I use my studio so much more now that it's just right there. Yeah. So and with my disability, it's it's way easier to just work from here and, and play from here.
1: Gotcha. So what are you hearing from like the people that you're working with? How the music scene is going on in your area?
0: Um, well, you know, they're they're busy still. So um, I worked with whiskey ticks I produced and recorded some stuff and then mixed their album for them. Um, and they play quite a bit and then um, work with a few rappers too. But they, I don't know that they play out much. So okay. for live scene, I guess I, I don't really have my finger on the pulse of the live scene, a whole lot around here.
1: Okay. So, so um, as a recording studio owner engineer, what are some of the things that you feel newer bands would capitalize on knowing before they got into the studio?
0: Oh, I think they should learn some production and record as much stuff at, uh, at home as they can learn as much about it as possible. I'm getting buzzed by a fly here, sir, but that a little <laughs> distracting. Right. Um, yeah. It's like learn everything you can and record and and you can I think get a better idea of where your songs are going to go. Once you've kind of laid them down on tape um, and kind of can map, uh, map out like the arrangements. Okay. Um, that's, that's what I would recommend. Just like learn your own production and, and then you can go into a professional studio and they can make you sound better too, okay. you know, and then, then you got it. Yeah. <laughs> that fly. <laughs> still? Yeah. And every time I pick up the fly swatter, they, Oh, I got him. <laughs> there you They're go. Usually, like, you pick up the fly swatter, and then they disappear. Right. So I'll just I'll hold the fly swatter through the hole. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: It'll be an interesting microphone design, the web of a fly swatter in front of a mic. What if that would be a good, like, vocal pop thing, <laughs> pop filter? Maybe. Maybe. Like, might, might have to try that someday.
0: <laughs> if you're in a pinch.
1: What's that? When you're if in a pinch,
0: yeah, you don't yeah. have one laying around. You're like, right. okay, I'll just grab the fly swatter. Right there, there you, you go.
1: go. So for like even the really young musicians out there that are trying to put a band together, what are some things that? Because you had talked about production, you know, produ- produce your own music. What would be some of the highlights of things that they would need to do to make it more recording studio ready?
0: Jam a lot and just get really, really tight you know just work with each other know your songs in and out so like you can go through your whole song without the singer singing you know if you need to um when we went into the studio with my band um captain i like 23 years ago we could play through all of our songs without the singer singing because he was the drummer so we kind of had to do that it was like a loud rock band thing and they just you know you want the vocals to be clean you want the drums to be clean so he didn't sing and we all knew where we were at just through the songs and boom so if you you can manage to do that i think that's you know one thing learning to play with a click sometimes is good too even though i think the band should speed up and slow down like choruses are a little more exciting so maybe a little bit faster but know how to play to a click if you need to i think that's helpful
1: yeah i yeah because you know i know there are some bands out there that don't want to rely on the click and then but that's just depends on the group itself because some like Mm -hmm. having a little bit of a flow to the tempo and some really want to have it perfectly all the way through yeah yeah so you had mentioned that you had four albums come out this year so let's talk a little bit about um each one of those Uh, three sorry
0: just three i am working on um more though
1: okay i don't i don't
0: know how many more i'll finish this year but I, i do have a bunch of stuff in the works
1: so let's talk about each one of them and just kind of give us a an idea of what each one means to you and you sure. know kind of like the inspiration behind each one of them.
0: Um first one was Prairie Dogs Have Plague Volume 3. Okay. Um so all the Prairie Dog Have Plague uh, albums are these weird they're like a lot of them are bits of songs that maybe didn't work as a, like a something you could like have a verse and a chorus and sing and they're just kind of weird and didn't really um i don't know they didn't really go anywhere so like some of these songs are minute long some are two minutes long some are even four minutes long you know but they're like all instrumental they're they're weird (laughs) they're (laughs) kind of playful and fun i think um yeah and so i don't know i just i like the i like to kind of with these songs too i'll paint like a Kind of a soundscape and like a picture in your head, so like you maybe picture like a desert or you know some space type stuff going on. Like, I think one of the songs, like, um, actually, a couple of the ones off of Dogs, I have Plague like Three were kind of um inspired by TV shows, okay? So like, I have one called Heist Music, uh, set, like Heist Music Setup Theme Montage or Heist. I can't, I the, song titles are so weird but it's like a <laughs> if you were doing a heist this would be your theme song as you know when you're doing the setup so it's like this montage and it's like I don't know this kind of you could just picture it in a heist movie
1: gotcha and then
0: there was another one um I called it um I'm gonna have to look at the titles now. I've really so much stuff <laughs> this year that I can't even remember my own song titles let's see Samson and Ford That was another one that it was like, I can kind of picture like uh, um, what was that old TV show about the 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 guy in the junkyard and his son and Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son, right? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of pictured it like that in my head, but it's like two old guys. So yeah, it's like kind of inspired by like TV, and then um, I got my albums mixed up. I think those are on four. (laughs) <laughs> Where are they? That's four. I was looking at number four. Sorry. Where's three? There's three. Cop show. Yeah. And Foley A. Okay. And then high setup montage theme. Those were all like cop shows, obviously a cop show. It's like, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna play it for a second. Like I, I used all these like samples from like um the 70s, like kind of a um black exploitation type movie, or you know, like that, like just those like groovy 70s. The cop show type thing, <laughs> you know, and then this song "Goodbye Giraffes" that was totally inspired by uh, like Hugh Lazarus from um Silence of the Lambs, the "Goodbye Horses" song. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's just like this kind of synthy, groovy, is <laughs> weird stuff.
1: That's I don't see why people have to you know kind of like feel like because it's weird stuff they have to like apologize for it there's nothing i don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with stuff that's weird i mean that just pushes i think our artistry to you know beyond the box
0: oh yeah yeah i, you know, I do mean like apologize for being weird but i more apologize for i can't even keep my own song straight anymore. oh yeah don't worry man it's but, cool yeah and then so no the next one uh pray dogs at plagued volume four i think i put that out in I come out in like march or april and i i was in a i had a a hectic um spring too because i had covid and then i had this distribution nightmare where i like i kind of got in with a new distribution company and then there was all these errors and i'm like take my music down and they're like no we're not going to take your music down and i want to write a musical about it i think okay No, we're not gonna take your music down. (laughs) (laughs) And then so then I like finally like got my contract canceled with them. And I mean, this took from like March until mid May. And like these albums were kind of caught in the in the drama of this whole thing. So it was just a nightmare. But now I'm on distro kid and I'm really happy, much happier. Okay. So, but yeah, uh, Prairie Dogs at Plague Volume 4, that one, just a whole nother collection of of weird stuff. And this one, I I got really weird with this one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the last song is called You're Not Going to Put This on the album, Are You? <laughs> it's a hidden, not so hidden bonus track.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really weird.
1: It's one thing I, I miss about having physical material to, to- play music is that you can't really put hidden tracks on anymore i mean you oh, can yeah.
0: but you know, the there's like a narrator in that song and he actually gives me shit for he like finds out that this is not just an advertisement for the movie or for this for this album it's it's going on the album you, you you're kidding me right <laughs> and then he's like um oh it's this is the hidden track you realize there there's no more hidden tracks anymore right right <laughs> So, and, and it was actually like a AI voice that I used for, for the narration. And he's like really sarcastic and kind of, it worked out really well.
1: <laughs> yeah. The AI. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Since you, you kind of brought that up for a second.
0: Well, I think it's hilarious hearing Johnny cash do, um Barbie girl. I so laughed my ass <laughs> off. I mean, and, and I don't know if it's, Gonna be good for anything more than just a laugh. I I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm interested to play with it though. It'd be interesting. I, I really maybe. am.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, because you see all the, all these people doing that. I mean, it's yeah, it's just like what would it be like if they were still around or if they played this song or if they sang on this song, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's amazing what our technology is doing.
0: I wanted to hear tom waits do um i was thinking about this on the way home today i wanted to hear tom waits do a who song wow well, who are you <laughs> who the fuck are you yeah. you can bleep that out sorry about that no that's right that's the best part of that song right right <laughs> my favorite parts anyway so but yeah i'm i'm totally interested to play with the ai music stuff and i used a lot i mean i don't i don't think i would call it ai but the the logics drummer
1: mm-hmm. that
0: they have it it's more of like a groove based um I know, gui uh, interface i guess you'd say than it is ai but it, it is kind of interesting how each of the the drummer, drummers on there have kind of different styles and sounds and but yeah
1: yeah i mean it's going to be interesting wh- where this goes. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to have, you know, Taylor Swift on everybody's album and it's not really her, or is it going to be, you know, actual useful type stuff? Right. So you go by a different name for your albums, though. You don't go by Nate Wyckoff, right?
0: Correct. Uh, Nathaniel Rolland.
1: Is there a reason behind that?
0: Yeah, because I feel like uh, an album by Nate Wyckoff isn't going to be taken quite as seriously maybe because it's just, I mean, is someone going to take Bob Zimmerman seriously or Robert Zimmerman? I mean, we all know it's Bob Dylan now, but right. But you know, maybe that's why he changed his name too, you know? But I, I felt like, yeah, Nathaniel Rowland was a little more mysterious. Nathaniel Rock
1: Ro- rolls off the tongue a little Rolland bit
0: better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and then then, like after i did that it's funny uh there i learned about nathaniel so i was like oh man that sounds kind of close shit but it was too (laughs) late at that point (laughs) i I was gonna go by nader which is my nickname but there was already i I put one album out under that and then it went under somebody else's name was like i didn't check like Uh,
1: uh, you know gotcha
0: oh then it went under somebody else from like japan or something and I was like, "Shit! Now I gotta change my name and change my artwork." <laughs> and, okay, because that was that was the Prairie Dogs that played Volume One in like gotcha. 2016. Okay, I goofed that one up a little, but I gotta correct it corrected now.
1: There yeah. are so many artists out there that have changed their name multiple times through their well, careers, and then change them back and but change them back. Finally yeah. known as Prince, it's right? Prince. Right, exactly. The third album you had come out. When we talk about yeah. that one a
0: little bit bad part of town that's i think my favorite album this year because that one i sing on and there's like more of a a structured song structure the songs with structure you know and melodies and hooks and
1: so what would be like and three songs that you would really like to put on the podcast and for people to kind of get an idea of um what they're gonna be listening to when they go out and get your album
0: Baby Let's Groove, um, okay. that one's, I, I love that song. It's like this sexy, like you can picture like a bar scene going on and like people drinking and or maybe they're not drinking. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but they're all dancing and bands up there playing and it's kind of a sexy groove going on. And then you got the incredible Michael Garden playing a sax solo on that. Nice. That's yeah, just, it's the tastiest sax solo since uh, uh, Careless Whisper. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you move. And then i think uh everything is falling apart um the first song on the album it's kind of a heavier slower good rock tune um and i did a really cool video for that one where i hand drew um, a bunch of art from like i drew clint eastwood and um lee van cleef from um, okay the the dollars trilogy movies and then like kind of animated it with with um video of like desert scenes and and just stuff kind of going on behind them and there's like this big shootout in the middle kind of tells this whole fun little story (laughs) that has nothing to do with the song (laughs) Um, but it's a really cool video anyways Good one got some like fun synth stuff going on and that one's that one's kind of sexy too i think <laughs>
1: So how did you get into synth playing? How did that kind of come around?
0: Um, I don't know. I just like to dabble with weird, different sounds. And I mean, I do do that with the guitar, too. I mean, I was in the Radiohead and the the U2 tribute. So I think finding new spacey sounds was just something I've always kind of gravitated towards, even before that. But synth-wise, I did study some synth stuff back at uh, Music Tech in, in Minneapolis. I had a synth class and he got to play with a, a Juno and I was hooked at that point. Gotcha. I, I don't have any hardware synths, but I, I use all the soft synths that I've, you know, get my hands on and just love messing with that stuff. Kind of eyeing it? up some of these Behringer synths that they got.
1: Yeah. I was gonna They're ask affordable. you like what are some of your um soft synths that you really enjoy using or what I are your main the, ones?
0: The the logic um vintage synth. And then, um, there's like a cherry synth that I have. That's really good. I like, um, Anna too. That's a slate one. Okay. Uh, it comes with the slate, um, all access pass. And I just got the UA, um, access, uh, spark, whatever. And I haven't got to play with their moog yet. Okay. So I'm excited too. Cool. Very
1: cool. So did you play all the instruments on these albums? or do you have other people
0: okay except for the saxophone that michael Garding did on baby let's groove and um bad part of town part one (laughs) and then um i had my friend um from high school he was in captain eye with me sean reynolds he came in and played um half of the solo on the song high horse okay
1: penetrated a
0: little little lick there and so no, go ahead. You can finish what you were saying. I don't know that I had much more to say. <laughs>
1: okay. So <Sorry. laughs> for like drums and everything, so these are all um, programmed drums, basically. You didn't have any come in and play either an E-kit e- or go to a studio or come yeah, to your studio. Yeah, it
0: was mostly like Logic's drummer. And then I kind of programmed some stuff, How it like wanted some of the fills to go. And um, I did use some, like, you get those, like, groove packs or whatever that have the fills, mm-hmm. stick some of them in there. And, yeah, I think it sounds pretty realistic for for a computer drummer. <laughs> yeah.
1: So for, for you, I mean, I mean, the only time I've ever really done programmed drums is, like, on an actual keyboard-type thing. Mm-hmm. But for nowadays, they have, like, certain, like, little... I guess um, controllers or whatever you want to really call them that have like little pads on them. Is that oh, yeah. what you're doing or are you actually using like the keys of a keyboard to program your drums?
0: Um, A little mix of the keys and the keyboard and then the, the MIDI editor. Okay. Playing out, moving the toms, how I want them to, to fill.
1: Okay. And then, is this like everything like based on a grid, you know, like to a click or is it more of a feel that you have for these songs that when you put it the drum sound? It is, down? but
0: the beats happen before or after the the beat. I mean, the, the drum will hit before or after. You can adjust the push or pull. Gotcha. Okay. So, and I do a lot of, a lot of that because my music is really, I think, feel driven. And I mean, just like a lot of the stuff is kind of slower, mellower, Like sadder songs, almost, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'm just, I'm trying to get, you know, the people that listen to this kind of get an idea of, you know, how, you know, these things. Yeah, it doesn't sound like
0: just like, you know, a a drum machine, you know, where it's right on the beat. It's happening before or after. Right. So instead of the song needs it. Yeah.
1: So instead of just hitting real instruments or, you know, like real drums, you're basically just have these programs that have these samples of a recording of certain drums and you just put it all together and that's how you how they basically put these drum sets together.
0: Um I think it's more okay, so you got like this little um I explain the the logic drummer if you haven't seen it. It's kind of okay, so it's got like a loud and quiet and you move this like it's like a XY um grid, right? And so you can move the um this little dot up for louder down for quieter and then like to left and the right is the complexity of of the groove and then it's got like on the you you can kind of select from like different different you start with like a it'll be called like ocean way or something you know like this like kind of a, a I don't know like i'm trying to come up with the descriptions yeah you, you pick like a different drummer guy named alex for the rock drummer and then he's got like all these different grooves and then you can kind of customize with the xy thing
1: gotcha so it makes it sound more more human, human. yeah yeah gotcha mm-hmm.
0: cool yeah, so, hopefully, so it's not just like straight up like drum machine like
1: right from like the 90s 80s and 70s right yeah It's gotten more complex to where it's sometimes it's hard to tell if it's actually someone in the studio playing the drums in real time or if it's, you know, programmed these days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On one of my songs, um, go for a ride. It's kind of got this shuffly thing he's doing on the snare. I call him he, because I I think I usually choose Alex for one of my drummers or Mason, (laughs) one of the two, I can't remember. Um, They all, all these cool names, Um, but he, you know, it's almost like a, a Johnny Cash railroad thing going on with with the groove.
1: Okay. Work life balance. I mean, are you basically home most of the time now and that, you know, you run your your you do your music stuff from morning till ap- late afternoon or how does that work for you working with, you know, living at well, home? I,
0: I also, you know, um, have a graphic design business. So we I okay. design, like websites and and that sort of thing. So I, I usually you know depending on what my workload is we'll be doing that during the day and then music at night if i'm not busy and i can sneak it in i'll i'd be doing music all day long gotcha so and and so you know when i was doing um the bad part of town album i i was working quite a bit during the day on it so but there is a balance too of of i can't overdo it with my disability as well. If, if I do, I pay for it tomorrow. So if I play guitar too long today, my hands are kind of swollen and gotcha. far. my arms will not work well tomorrow.
1: Do you want to talk a little bit about your disability or do you want to just move on to something different? Oh, yeah,
0: I'll talk about that.
1: Okay. So with your disability, how, how does that work for you, playing instruments and um, just trying to go day to day?
0: uh it's gotten a lot tougher the last 10 years or so um you know just throwing the guitar up over my shoulders now is it's a chore to get that fucker up there um like if i use the Les paul you know that's a heavier guitar i i want to get one of those um like an aluminum hollow body i used to have one of those it was super light i want to get another one of those and that'll be a lot easier to get up um but yeah just doing the simple things that i used to do are not so simple anymore practicing is i don't even even bother with that because i just don't have the energy i'd rather just pick up my guitar play try to write something and then work with that instead of trying to you know i do need to build my skills and like i need to run some scales and like that sort of thing i always tell myself and i'm like "Uh, too tired today let's just maybe not even play guitar (laughs) so and there are a lot of days that happen um there was I mean a good six months last year that I don't even think I picked my guitar up so and then you finally pick it up again and it's like oh my guitar my arms are just sludge yeah trying to move around and so I have to I have to keep that stuff up and trying to do a little more self-care like walking and build my strength up right now yeah so but it's tough like he you know this this thing exhausts me all the time and it's hard to find the energy to to exercise even for healthy people you know so me trying to find that now is it's even tougher but i'm working on it yeah
1: i mean you you do what you gotta do right
0: right yeah So, and I think I'm, I'm adapting, you know, to this lifestyle of moving a little slower. So
1: for gigs that have made impression on you, like, like concerts you've gone to or gigs you've played in the past, is there certain ones that just made a really big impression on you in the music career?
0: Um, I, I saw Mark Lanigan in 2017 and that was kind of right around the time I was working on my album, Phoenix, a tragedy. Um, and yeah, I just like that guy's music and that concert. I think, yeah, I think it affected me. And I, I, you know, kind of, I don't want to say follow his sound or, but I have a similar kind of thing going on the smoky little voice thing and um yeah i don't know that i think that one made a pretty big effect on me um i've seen so many concerts over the yeah. years like i think i've seen everybody i want to see except for i think tom waits paul mccartney would be cool too but i think i've caught everyone else <laughs>
1: so like who, who are like your top five that you've seen that are, are on that list
0: pink floyd mark Lanigan. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, I we actually caught them with uh, Mark Lanigan and Dave Grohl on drums at wow. the 400 bar in Minneapolis. Um I mean, you can hold like I think the capacity at that place is like 189 people. There had to have been 300 people in there. It was so Shh. packed tight, covered in like my sweat and the guys next to me sweat, my wife sweat, like everybody was just covered in sweat. And you're like 10 <laughs> feet away from that amazing band i mean holy yeah dave Grohl on the drums just beating the crap out of them like god that was a good show i think that that one made an impact on me too like that one stuck with me for a while so excellent
1: nice very nice yeah i'm working with um the band that i've been working with for a couple years now one of their um main influences queen of the stone age so i over the years i've been kind of getting into them more i didn't I wasn't in my wheelhouse at the time mm-hmm. when they first came out, but now I I get to listen to them and like, oh, it's kind of cool discovering these not so old, but older bands
0: mm-hmm.
1: now that I'm getting older too. And just like, oh. if
0: you like them, check out uh, Alan, Alan, Johannes. He, Alan um, Johannes, Alan. Yeah, I think, well, it's like spelled Alane A L A I N. Okay. Everyone calls him Alan or Al. I think, um, Johannes he produced um and worked on Euph- euphoria morning with chris cornell and um natasha was alan's wife um and they were in the band 11. okay so like check out 11 and alan's stuff um and the desert sessions too um but alan is a amazing uh producer and uh engineer he i think he worked on um say what did he engine he worked on the them crooked vultures album i think i think he was an engineer on that one
1: all right i'll definitely check that out thanks um is there anything i haven't asked you that you wanted to cover before i let you go
0: um you know i don't know i think just that you know there's people out there with the disabilities making music and i think that's good for other people with disabilities to see um, I think we, we get to see a little more of that now with like big rock stars, kind of talking more about their health ailments and, and stuff like that. I mean, like, um, even like Billy, Billy Eilish and, um, was it, was it Lewis Capaldi? Maybe, um, there's a couple of people that have like Tourette's now and that, you know, they're like a little more open about that kind of thing and mental awareness. Like, I'm, I'm happy to see more about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah it's it's not taboo if you mm, remember yeah. that word it's not taboo like, anymore
0: you know it's like i i walk with a pretty pronounced gait like my gate's a lot different than a healthy person and now i use a cane and i i just kind of thought for years like you know having a cane's just you know that's not very rock and roll but it actually is like rock and roll yeah like because i'm not letting it stop me just right like, exactly F that and mm-hmm I'm doing what I'm doing, and I am who I am. Take it or leave it. I think
1: that's a perfect place to to end the interview. Nate, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It's been a pleasure talking with you over these 40-ish minutes. It's just been a great time. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me, man. Um, Keep up the good work, and I love the theme song.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who wrote that. And Mm -hmm. I'll put all your links, uh, all your social media and stuff links in the the podcast uh, details for cool, this episode yeah. well that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of the wisconsin music podcast we hope you've enjoyed this musical journey with our featured guest nate wyckoff nate's story is a testament to the power of creativity and perseverance in the world of music his distinctive sound forged through a diverse range of influences and experiences serves as an inspiration to all who appreciate the art form as i conclude i want to thank you listeners for joining us on this voyage into the world of wisconsin music your support enthusiasm for local talent like nate wyckoff helps keep this podcast alive also thanks to fox city's indie radio for broadcasting our episodes on wednesday at 7 p.m and on sundays at 3 p.m so check them out online We encourage you to explore more of Nate's music and stay connected with us. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast. And if you know any artists or bands in Wisconsin who deserve a spotlight, reach out to us. We're always on the lookout for incredible talent to feature. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.